This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by Calm and by ExpressVPN. Here's some news that's not really that surprising, but it still sucks to hear it officially confirmed. The World Health Organization said at a press briefing on Tuesday this week that, uh, well, to paraphrase the late Charlie Daniels, COVID-19 ain't going away. And these are scientists, so they said it a little bit more eloquently, but... I mean, that's, that's the gist of it. Yeah. Um, here's CNBC. COVID-19 is likely, quote, here to stay with us as the virus continues to mutate in unvaccinated countries around the world and previous hopes of eradicating it diminish, global health officials said Tuesday. I think this virus is here to stay with us and it will evolve like influenza pandemic viruses. It will evolve to become one of the other viruses that affects us. Dr. Mike Ryan, executive director of the World Health Organization's Health Emergencies Program said at a press briefing. People have said we're going to eliminate or eradicate the virus, Ryan said. No, we're not. Very, very unlikely. If the world had taken early steps to stop the spread of the virus, the situation today could have been very different, WHO officials said. We had a chance in the beginning of this pandemic, Maria Van Kerkhove, the WHO's technical lead on COVID-19, said Tuesday. This pandemic did not need to be this bad. And look, anyone who's been watching this play out has assumed for a while that this would continue on and, you know, hopefully be managed. But there was a point where everyone's just like, this is going to be like a, you're going to have to get a yearly flu shot or something like yeah, that. It's, it's yeah. too far gone. We There was that six weeks in the beginning where it's like, hey guys, if we just do exactly this, if we all come together to do exactly this, this will all be over. We can go on with our lives. But, you know, that was never going to work because... This is human beings we're talking about. I mean, look how poorly we've handled it all the way till right now and are still handling it poorly. And just every other problem that faces this planet and the people living on it. We're, <laughs> we're not, not doing a good job at uh, surviving here. No. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, it still sucks to hear. But yeah, it's it's been a very strong possibility for most of the pandemic. And it's one that scientists have been predicting for a while. Uh, back in February of this year, the journal Nature conducted a survey of immunologists, infectious disease researchers, and virologists. And when asked, how likely do you think it is that SARS-CoV-2 will become an endemic virus that continues to circulate in pockets of the global population? 60% said this was very likely, and another 29% said it was likely. Asked, how likely do you think it is that SARS-CoV-2 can be eliminated from some regions? Only 14% said this was very likely, and 25% said it was likely. So I would be interested to see this survey, like, compare the answers from April 2020 to, like, a year later. See uh, how many of these uh, these doctors just got completely blackpilled by how everything went down. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They, uh... Maybe they would just go fishing instead of uh, work to try to save the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> Losing all hope is freedom, after all. If I knew that I'd be working my ass off for just forever and people would uh, show up and yell at me as I enter and leave my job trying to save their dumbass relatives' lives, yeah, I probably would have just gone fishing. So, yeah, this sounds bad, but in that same article, they explained further what endemic COVID might look like. But failure to eradicate the virus does not mean that death illness or social isolation will continue on the scale seen so far. The future will depend heavily on the type of immunity people acquire through infection or vaccination and how the virus evolves. Influenza and the four human coronaviruses that cause common colds are also endemic, but a combination of annual vaccines and acquired immunity means that societies tolerate the seasonal deaths and illnesses they bring without requiring lockdowns, masks, and social distancing. The Nature article, it describes the 
likely best case scenario as follows. Five years from now, when child care centers call parents to tell them that their child has a runny nose and a fever, the COVID-19 pandemic might seem a distant memory. But there's a chance the virus that killed more than 1.5 million people in 2020 alone will be the culprit. This is one scenario that scientists foresee for SARS-CoV-2. The virus sticks around, but once people develop some immunity to it, either through natural infection or vaccination, they won't come down with severe symptoms. The virus would become a foe first encountered in early childhood when it typically causes mild infection or none at all, says Jenny Levine, an infectious disease researcher at Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia. And the 1918 influenza epidemic, aka H1N1, aka Spanish flu, uh, even though it originated in Kansas, (laughs) which is silly, Uh, It is a good example of how this might work. The 1918 flu killed over 50 million people over just a few short years, but it was never actually eliminated. H1N1 still rears its head in a big way in different parts of the world every couple of years, but it's not nearly the pandemic level problem that it once was, thanks to vaccines and natural immunity. There's a decent chance that SARS-CoV-2 is still around 100 years from now, but that it won't be the mortal threat that it is today. Yeah. No wood around here to knock on, but if you got wood nearby, give it a good knock. Those bricks are wood. There's a little secret. So yeah, the problem with this kind of news though, and really just, I guess, all news about this damn virus is that people are fucking idiots. And so hearing something like this, it helps to fuel a lot of the same idiocy that got us where we are now in the first place. Saying COVID-19 can't be eliminated, that's music to the ears of people who already think that masks and vaccines are completely pointless. So if if the virus is just going to be here forever, I mean, what's the point of taking the most basic steps to ensure the safety of myself and the people around me? That's sarcasm, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's doing uh, the voice of someone who would say that. That's not me. But to answer the person who is not me, who used my voice a second ago, uh, for starters, just because the virus will likely become less of a problem over several years does not mean that it isn't a big problem right now that is clogging up hospital ICUs and making it harder for everyone to get necessary health care, COVID or not. Yeah, it's the same people who make the uh, bad faith argument that vaccines don't work because people are getting infected still. And it's like, no, uh, it's, it's pointless in us repeating the very clear facts. That, that was never part of the sales pitch. <laughs> that no matter if you tell them that vaccines are uh, helping people to not go to the hospital and not die, they're like, ah, la, 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 infections. It's always moving goalposts. It's always whatever fits that narrative. It's always that. So this is music to their ears because it just gives them another bad faith argument to make, which sucks. Uh, Secondly, though, acquiring some level of immunity, it is a vital part of the virus transitioning from pandemic to an endemic either through vaccination or through getting sick and surviving. And right now, getting vaccinated is clearly the better of two options. The data could not be any more clear. And not just the initial doses, but annual or semi-annual booster shots to keep your immune system prepared. Like like we said, flu shots happen every year. It wasn't even a a big political issue until now, where it's like, don't you think it's odd that uh, they're going to keep, that, oh, it didn't work well enough? All these people got flu shots and the flu's still here. It's like, yeah, you didn't get a flu shot. Or it, it's, the argument is in bad faith. Um, anyways, it is coming. Uh, we just have to get used to it. Uh, it's the same with masking up in big crowds of people with shitty ventilation. You're going to have to just deal with it. I mean, you look at China, Japan, Korea after SARS in the early 2000s, uh, wearing masks in like public transport, large crowds. 
became a, a pretty normal thing there. Yes. And uh, for good reasons. Yeah, like, <laughs> even when, uh, like, after the first uh, round of vaccination, when it really seemed like we were sort of getting to the end of this, even then, on the videos, it was just like, yeah, I don't think I'll ever get on a plane without wearing a mask again. Absolutely not. Because it's disgusting. Yeah. But uh, good news, wearing masks fucking works. But you already knew that. Uh, but recently, the results of the largest ever study of mask wearing were released. The study was conducted in Bangladesh over three months and involved 600 villages in a single region of the country with over 350,000 adults total. In half the villages, masks were provided for free and they were promoted in various ways. And the other half of the villages, they were simply observed. Here's Gizmodo breaking down the findings. Residents in the villages where masks were encouraged did start wearing them more, though no individual nudge or incentive seemed to do better than the others. By the end, about 42% of residents in these villages wore masks regularly, compared to 13% of those in the control group. And in these communities, the odds of people reporting symptoms that may have been COVID or testing positive for antibodies to the virus declined. Overall, the average proportion of people who reported symptoms in the weeks following the mask promotions went down by 11% in these villages compared to the control group. And the average number of people having antibodies went down by over 9%. These differences were larger for surgical mask wearing villages, 12% versus 5% for reducing symptoms, and for residents over 60, 35% for reducing infections for older residents in surgical mask wearing villages. Some of this effect might not have come directly from the ability of masks to block transmission of the virus. Those who use masks, the study found, were also more likely to practice social distancing. That's a relevant finding, the authors note, since some people who have argued against mask mandates do so by claiming that masks will only make people act more carelessly. This study suggests that the opposite is true, that masks make us more, not less, conscientious of others. And yeah, I mean, it, it also shows that, I mean, only with less than half the population wearing masks that still had a noticeable difference. Yes. They didn't have to have everyone wearing masks all the damn time, but just having 42% of the population wearing masks by choice brought down their COVID numbers quite significantly. Uh, so I don't know how else to tell you this. Masks fucking work. But you you wouldn't know that if you're Ron DeSantis, who for he some He really reason, does not he hates want masks. Yeah. He hates them. Yeah, there was like a Reddit post that was like, did a mask kill a member of his family? Because that's the only logical explanation of why someone is fighting so hard. Like, the, the courts overturned his yeah. ban on allowing masks in school, yeah. and he's just like, no, no. Yeah. It's it's nuts. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what his plan is. It's very odd. Yeah. It is weird, it's, yeah, especially since so many of the voters in that very thin margin of victory that he was elected upon, yeah. have, uh, have died from well, the and, virus. And also, even with his bigger ambitions of, I mean, it looks like he's going to run for president, maybe not in the next one. I can't wait for after. Trump to start talking shit on but him. The la but Florida, historically, I don't know about anymore, but historically has been one of the major swing states that turns the tide of an election. So it's like... Not so much in recent years, but yeah. that could be coming back around. We'll see. Yeah. It's... um. Well, it's horrific. Yeah, it's, uh, what's going on there, and uh, it keeps me awake at night. But yeah. uh, it, it, it's also just baffling. Yeah. Anyway, at this point, the only people being reached by the kinds of stuff that we've talked about so far in this episode are people who were already on board, and I don't know, maybe just needed a little bit of reassurance that they were doing the right thing. Uh -huh. But meanwhile, the other like twenty or thirty percent of society who does not give a shit continues to not give a shit. 
And that's frustrating. Yeah. It's very frustrating. We keep saying it, but by God, I am morbidly fascinated by the Herman Cain Award. Yeah. And I scrolled and scrolled and scrolled and hadn't found a duplicate post that I hadn't seen like a couple days ago. I check it once a day, usually in bed. Because, you know, I like to go to bed with just the worst, <laughs> go to bed with the worst things on my mind. Yeah, life. I can't sleep without uh, a cold sweat right before. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, the amount of new posts per day on there is staggering. And it's all just, like, a small percentage of them are actual, like, users who know these people. But the rest are just people going on Facebook and typing COVID prayers or prayer, prayer warriors, warriors or just something like that into the search bar and seeing what comes up. And so these are just people who happen to have public-facing Facebook accounts, which is every boomer. But, uh. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's wild. A lot of very young people too. They're yeah. all they all have uh, the one thing in common, which is uh, you, you can tell they're unvaccinated, and you can tell just by looking at them that they are not leading a very healthy life, and probably do not have a strong immune system, despite the little green ring around their Facebook profile that says "I have an immune system." Do you see though? Not to get into too much of the details of one of the posts, but like. Before, like before the intubation and all that, one had got like one of the people on there had gone into like surgery and they think they caught it at the hospital, but it was like gastric bypass and like people were like, "Hey, you should probably like take, start taking care of yourself. Like, there's a real health uh, problem going on around right now. And like, if you did catch it, it wouldn't be very good." Uh, mm-hmm. And then they, of course, did catch it and immediately died within days. So yeah, it's horrific. But luckily, it's at least getting harder for those people to continue dragging their heels and, by extension, just dragging everyone else down with them. Thanks to vaccine and testing mandates for various jobs in the private and public sectors, including this week's wonderful news that the U.S. federal government will be requiring all of its employees and millions of its contractors to be vaccinated or get the fuck out. Hell yeah! Which is... Nothing but respect for my president. Look... (laughs) Uh, the the W's are becoming less and less rare, although still separated by multiple weeks. But yeah. that's the thing is it's pushing that side even further, like, Don't into the care. corner. And yeah, it's... Fuck your feelings. It's, uh, exactly. <laughs> where it's just like, oh, what, oh, commie Joe telling me... It's like, no, this is for your health and safety. I've, I ran out of patience with you fuckers a long time ago. I don't fucking care. Cry more. I, I, am, I, I am forced to have patience. Put this guy on a fucking copium ventilator. I wish it were, uh, <laughs> wish things were different for me. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, this vaccine mandate for federal employees is part of a pretty big COVID plan announced by the president this week. It also will require that all employers with 100 or more employees require vaccination or weekly negative COVID tests. It also imposes a vaccine mandate on all healthcare workers who work at hospitals that participate in Medicaid and Medicare, which translates to a majority of the country's healthcare workers, uh, requires employees to provide paid time off for employees to get vaccinated, and calls on large entertainment venues to require proof of vaccination or testing for entry. Now, that last one seems to be more of a suggestion at this point, but uh, everything else listed is basically a mandate, uh, though they'll definitely be challenged in court. Yeah, but... Um... Good. And I do have to point out again, because I see, I have seen the comments that people leave, and I have seen more of it in general online, of people who are now getting their second dose after the FDA approval. And I want to say again, if that's what it took, and you did follow through with it, then look, good for you. Yeah. It's fine, see? And now you're good. Yeah. So there you go. Anyway, this Biden plan, it also includes uh, allowing vaccine booster shots starting as early as later this month. They haven't clarified... How that's going to go, I imagine it'll be like the first round with old people and doctors and shit first. But yeah. 
Um, that's exciting. It's also a bit controversial, though, due to the fact that many parts of the world still do not have very much access to any vaccines. And, you know, if we really wanted to help, if we really wanted to help, we'd uh, let them go first. But aside from the ethical issues with the global pharmaceutical supply chain that none of us have any control over, uh, we will both be getting boosted up at the first opportunity. Yeah. Can't wait. Stick it in me. Especially if they add some sporting tickets to it like they did with the uh, regular vaccine. I'm not going to go right away. Give me the give me the Nintendo 64. See, here's the thing. They know they can't bribe the people who already yeah, exactly. got the vaccine. <laughs> they they know that we're already we're sheep. We went and got the shot. No questions asked. Yeah. Look, hey, I still got entered into that lottery. I didn't win, but uh, yeah. it was good that they retroactively did it. That too. was nice. Yeah, that because was... that promotes people actually waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's this is actually a pretty big plan. There's a lot more to it. There's uh, increased funding for a bunch of stuff like. Free testing, loans for small businesses affected by the pandemic, FDA, approval of vaccines for children. They're trying to fast track that. And also uh, funding for more availability of the monoclonal antibody treatment at hospitals, which does seem to work pretty damn well, but it's expensive. Mm -hmm. It's all very ambitious and likely to piss off a lot of people that you would expect it to piss off. But you know what? Fuck them. Don't care. Yeah. Uh, another surprisingly pleasant news from a president neither of us really wanted, who we still mostly don't care a whole lot for, uh, Biden's Department of Energy this week laid out a bold blueprint for producing nearly half the country's electricity through solar by 2050. Here's the New York Times. There is little historical precedent for expanding solar energy, which contributed less than 4% of the country's electricity last year, as quickly as the Energy Department outlined in a new report. To achieve that growth, the country would have to double the amount of solar energy installed every year over the next four years, and then double it again by 2030. Such a large increase laid out in the report is in line with what most climate scientists say is needed to stave off the worst effects of global warming. It would require a vast transformation in technology, the energy industry, and the way people live. So yeah, very bold and uh, ambitious plan, and still really just a plan. Mm -hmm. But in case the pandemic made you forget, climate change is real, it's real as hell, and this planet does not have any time to waste at replacing carbon-emitting energy sources with clean energy. And the cool thing about clean energy, guys, you're not going to believe this, the sources, they're all around us all the time. Sunlight, wind, rivers, it's all there. It's free for the taking. You just need to harness it. Yeah. The energy industry just needs to be incentivized or forced to transition away from their current energy sources, which unequivocally are filling the Earth's atmosphere with CO2 and other greenhouse gases and causing global temperatures to rise. Just pivot. Pivot. Yeah. Yeah. Consider it a startup and pivot. Uh, So it's not going to be an easy transition, but it's one that absolutely must happen. Yeah. Literally. Uh, and, And to paraphrase John F. Kennedy... We need to stop fucking up this planet, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because the challenge is one that we are willing to accept, one that we are unwilling to postpone, and one which we intend to win. They got me. But it doesn't look as cool because the big old rocket goes boom. And then we get to beat those Russians. Yeah. What, What needs to happen is Russia needs to be like, we will build a bigger solar plant faster. Well, I mean, like, that's the thing is we are in kind of a green energy race with China. It's a very asymmetrical race because currently China is polluting the shit out of the atmosphere. But Mm -hmm. also, if you look at it over time, over the last 150 years, the U.S. has them beat by leaps and bounds because China didn't get industrialized until the, like, late 1950s. Oh, well, we're doing better uh, because you drive an energy efficient car. Yeah. But I I changed, uh, I I take away your energy savings by driving my truck. 
But uh, I mean, China—they've actually been—they've been heavily investing in yeah. renewable, like solar and stuff like that, for years. And because of the way China works, like they're like, yes, this is ha- this is what we're going to do. We're going to make a lot of solar panels. So that's what's happening. Whereas, like over here, it's just like, oh, but that's hard. Yeah. But that's hard. How am I supposed to compete with coal? Yeah. So I don't know. This plan—it needs more. They haven't really released like a detailed version of it but it's it's it needs to fucking happen yeah absolutely biden's already he's already pushing for a lot more wind they're building that new jersey wind farm and uh yeah i mean the plan is for 2050 to have no uh coal no carbon emitting donald trump weeps for the birds yeah those poor birds poor birds the funny thing is like more birds have died because of like pollution from uh, yeah! industry than have ever died from accidentally running into a windmill. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, so, uh, as much as this show is the Doomer Report, uh, we've all got to stay optimistic about things that can be done to make things better. And if staying sane and optimistic is something that you need a little bit of help with, this episode is sponsored by Calm. Ding. What a transition. Uh, if you've been dreaming about a beach getaway, but you're nowhere near the ocean... Just wait. It'll be there soon because of climate change. <laughs> no, no, but you, you might need to get creative in the meantime. Oh, no. uh, with Calm, you can listen to the relaxing sounds of the waves and give yourself a break wherever you are. Calm is the number one mental wellness app, which gives you the tools that improve the way you feel. Clear your head with guided daily meditations. Improve your focus with Calm's curated music tracks. And drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories, which I'll say again, are actually very entertaining and informative a lot of the times. And maybe just instead of meditating in the middle of the day, you want to listen to a little short documentary about something. Just chill out. But also, the meditations are very good. Find a nice, quiet place and zone out for 10 minutes. It does so much good for you. It's really nice. Yeah. And if you go to calm.com slash tech, you'll get a limited time offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming. And new content is added every week. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds. Sleep more, stress less, live better with Calm. For our viewers, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash tech. That is C-A-L-M dot com slash tech for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That is calm.com slash tech. This episode is also sponsored by ExpressVPN. How did you choose which internet service provider to use? Well, the sad thing is most of us have very little choice because ISPs operate like monopolies in the regions that they serve. They use this monopoly power to take advantage of customers. Data caps, streaming throttles, the list goes on. But worst of all, many ISPs log your internet activity and sell that data to other big tech companies or advertisers. To prevent ISPs from seeing our internet, we protect our devices with ExpressVPN. Yeah, so what is ExpressVPN? It's a simple app for your computer or smartphone that encrypts all your network data and tunnels it through a secure VPN server so that your ISP cannot see any of your activity. Just think about how much of your life is on the internet. Sadly, the list of people you've messaged, sites you visited, and videos that you've watched, they all get tracked by tech giants who can sell your information for profit. That's the reason we recommend ExpressVPN as the best way to hide your online activity from your ISP. You just download the app, tap one button on your device, and you're protected. And ExpressVPN does all of this without slowing your connection. That's why it's rated the number one VPN service by CNET and The Verge. As we've said before, you can pretty much set this and forget it. It, yeah. uh, it has little to no effect on your actual speeds. You won't even notice it's on. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's great for that extra little bit of security. Like uh, the, the thing that we say all the time is like, if you're using public Wi-Fi, 
like go on the app, tap the button, and forget about worrying about it. Yeah. Um, because that is a pretty sketchy area to be in. Um, so yeah, we love ExpressVPN. It's simple to use and it's very fast. Stop handing over your personal data to ISPs and other tech giants who mine your activity and sell off your information. Protect yourself with the VPN that we trust to keep us private online. Visit expressvpn.com slash newsday. That is E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash newsday to get three extra months for free. Go to expressvpn.com slash newsday right now to learn more. All right, back to the news now. Uh, here's some more government news that's actually potentially great. Okay. Uh, a big topic that comes up anytime when discussing Amazon's labor practices is their grueling quotas for workers and the way that they track how well their workers are keeping up with those quotas and punish them accordingly. The problem is best summed up by the fact that Amazon warehouse workers and delivery drivers often report that they don't even have enough time to go to the bathroom during their shifts. So that means uh, a lot of uh, pissing and shitting in bottles and bags to avoid getting written up for being behind schedule. Oh, government-mandated government colostomy bags? Is that what? That's what... <laughs> uh, no, even better, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, yeah, in addition to, like, the bathroom-related issues, which are gross, the real problem with this is that working super fast, it can be very unsafe. It has resulted in a lot of Amazon workers injuring themselves on the job, sometimes very, very badly. Yeah. But it's looking like, at least here in California, change might be coming. Here's the New York Times. Among the pandemic's biggest economic winners is Amazon, which nearly doubled its annual profit last year to $21 billion and is on pace to far exceed that total this year. The profits flowed from the millions of Americans who value the convenience of quick home delivery. But critics complain that the arrangement comes at a large cost to workers, whom they say the company pushes to physical extremes. That labor model could begin to change under a California bill that would require warehouse employers like Amazon to disclose productivity quotas for workers, whose progress they often track using algorithms. Quote, the supervisory function is being taken over by computers, said Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez, the bill's author, but they're not taking into account the human factor. The bill, which the Assembly passed in May and the state Senate is expected to vote on this week, would prohibit any quota that prevents workers from taking state-mandated breaks or using the bathroom when needed, or that keeps employers from complying with health and safety laws. So that's good. Sounds like a good regulation. That's yeah, a pretty basic step towards... Um very moderately fixing what's fucked up about this extremely profitable company just treating its workers like dog shit. So I hope it passes. But speaking of reigning in big tech, while some in government are trying to get companies like Amazon to exploit their workers less, others are more focused on trying to stop big tech companies from providing records related to the January 6th U.S. Capitol attack. Seems like something you'd really want to get to the bottom of, especially if you yourself are a member of Congress, and uh, there's actually a whole committee whose job is to do just that. But 11 House Republicans have signed a letter last week sent to various tech companies threatening legal action if they comply with a request for records from the House Select Committee on the January 6th attack. Only problem is, most Congress people in this country are completely tech illiterate. Here's Engadget. A tip to members of Congress. If you're going to send an angrily worded letter to a technology CEO, Make sure they're still working at the company. A group of 11 House Republicans has sent letters to the leaders of 13 tech companies threatening legal action if they comply with a request for records related to the January 6th Capitol attack. However, there's one major problem. The letter to Yahoo is addressed to Marissa Mayer, who hasn't been the CEO of the company since 2017. That is four years ago, folks. She's not exactly a recent departure. 
The representative's other letters appears to have been free of snafus on their way to Amazon, AOL, Apple, AT&T, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Snap, T-Mobile, Twitter, US Cellular, and Verizon. However, the congresspeople appear to be slightly behind the times as well. None of the letters went to Reddit, Telegram, TikTok, and other key firms asked to produce records. The list appears to be a who's who of tech from several years ago. Reddit? What? What? Uh, in other news about uh, right-wingers having trouble with technology, the website ProLifeWhistleblower.com, which was set up to facilitate Texas's draconian new abortion law, is currently offline, with the URL simply redirecting to a more general-purpose anti-abortion website. Turns out finding a website hosting provider willing to host such a controversial website is harder than originally thought. Uh, last week, GoDaddy gave the website the boot on the grounds that the anonymous snitching website had violated their terms of service, specifically their rules on collecting or harvesting non-public information about people without their prior written consent. Oh, it which seems is, like a direct violation. Yeah, pretty much exactly what this site existed uh, to do. Yeah, but okay, yeah, no problem. Let's just migrate our horrible snitching site over to a host with no standards at all. Epic, whose clients have included Gab, The Daily Stormer, 8chan, and Parler. Checkmate, libs. Except, uh-oh, not so fast. ProLifeWhistleblower.com also happens to somehow violate Epic's terms of use as well, apparently for similar reasons related to harvesting personal information. The domain name is still registered to Epic, uh, with a K, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the website itself is currently offline, and the URL uh, redirects to the Texas Right to Life website. So yeah, between these troubles with finding a host and the uh, coordinated efforts from pro-choice internet users to just flood that site with spam submissions, this is all proving to be a lot less easy than the anti-abortion people uh, probably thought originally. But still, this law, which essentially deputizes anyone in Texas as a bounty-hunting abortion snitch, is in effect and continues to serve its real purpose, which is to scare the shit out of pro-choice organizations in Texas so they just shut down completely out of fear of huge financial liability. So again, if you want to help, uh, we'll provide a link down below if you want to donate some money to... Uh, any organizations that need it, and there's a lot of them. Yeah. But uh, that's this week's episode. We managed to go the whole time without talking no, about... No, 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 no. Don't even, because I bleeped you on the last episode. Not talk. Nay, nay. I say nay, don't Rrr. say. Don't say. Yeah. Um, Barnyard paste. Have a day. We're just trying to keep our videos up out here. <laughs> they keep taking them down. Uh, Had a hell of a week. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long week. Hey, we'll see you for some uh, some news dump, some news dump that's gonna really brighten your day. Yeah, it's really gonna change things. It's gonna turn things around. Entertainment. But it up, but it It's football season. So hey. look, that's something to look forward to, right? If you hey. care about football, go Washington football team. What was their old name? Who cares? Yeah, don't think about it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we'll see you very soon for an episode of News Dump. And of course, a new episode of Weekly Weird News. Please check out our most recent videos over here that were uh, Before deleted. they disappeared. Yeah, they were deleted at some point. So maybe if you missed them, go check them out. Yeah. There you go. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.